This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call or text us at 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet at Double Tap Canada. Find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Welcome to it. Uh, hello, my friends. My name is Marco Flalo. Sitting in the hosting chair this week for uh, an ailing Stephen Scott. Alongside me, Sean Priest. Sean Priest, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well, Mark. I noticed you're bringing back the classics, eh? A new regime. I'm loving it. It's not as much as I'm trying to bring back the classics as much as that's all I have at hand. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there was a time, Sean, where I was playing all this fun music, <laughs> and then somehow Stephen said, I prefer pushing the buttons, Mark. I don't like the way you push those buttons. <laughs> We've never looked back since then. It's all been running no. perfectly. It's all been wonderful. I don't, I don't, maybe it hasn't been wonderful. I'm not really sure. Um, do we know where Stephen is this week? We have no clue. Stephen just calls us. I'm not feeling too well. So we said, okay, well, we'll just step in the chair for you. We don't need you. But look, let's be honest. How often does he have a day off? You know, a week off? Never, never. So he must be ill. I don't know. I, I'm going to believe him. I think back to the last year and I feel like there's been many occasions where, <laughs> where he hasn't been here. Well, I think because um, you had a vacation know. you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, it's his turn. He's jealous. Yeah, exactly. It's jealousy. I get it. Okay. A little friendly jealousy. Um, uh, how are you? How was, how's life? You know, I, you ventured to get a passport yesterday. I um, have. And you mentioned that the interview went well. You're interviewed when you get a passport. Is that how well, it works? See, I am such not a traveler. I, I, I don't jet set about like you and Stephen do. Uh, so my passport is very, very old and expired. So, yeah, I had to apply for a new one. And I thought, because I had to go to this special place to get it fast tracked. And I thought it would be like an interview. I was terrified. I thought it'd be asking me questions, why I was going where I was going. And it turned out when I got there... They don't give a crap, do they? <laughs> they didn't care. Couldn't care less. I'll tell you what it was, though. As soon as they saw the white stick, I didn't have to go through security. They had all security at the door. I just barged all the way through it, and they saw me straight away, and they didn't ask me any questions apart from, have a good time, where are you going? And that was it. Stamped, and I was gone within 10 minutes. So I'm not sure if it was the blindness thing. Sometimes it works in your favor, or uh, I was just overthinking it. But yes, I should be official in seven days. Okay, so here's two two part question to this one. Okay, number one is the normal turnaround for a passport when you don't need to fast track it is what in the UK? Well, it used to be five weeks, but now because of COVID and other things, they're saying other factors, they're allowing up to ten weeks. Okay, so fast tracking was kind of important this time, I guess, just to make sure. 100% it was in your hand. Okay, I'm okay with yeah. that because here it's two weeks. Here, here you send in the paperwork. You don't have to go in at all if you fill everything out properly. You send no it in. and oh Yeah, I have my, my son's application right here. you got to read you his. And uh, you send it and you get it in two weeks. Two weeks, it'll be back in your hands. Now, That's impressive. The other thing um, is, as you, look at my God, Stephen Scott's calling us. Hang on a second here. Oh, unbelievable. Um, you can't I'm, keep away. You can't. You just can't do that. Um, Stephen, uh, we're recording a radio show without you because you're not feeling well, yet you're calling while we're recording. I just I just want to make sure you're okay. Um, we're okay. We're okay. We're doing quite well without you. It, it, it happens that way. I mean, if you well, want to we hop on Zoom, you could join us, but I, I have a feeling that now that you realize what we're doing, you're going to hang up very swiftly. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> and that was Stephen Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, clearly Putting on his sick voice there, I noticed at the end. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm so I'm so ill. I can't be here today. It's just, it's, it's, uh... um, okay. So so you fast tracked it. That was good. Oh, th there's a reason you're getting the passport. We can't really tell you guys yet about the reason, but it's an exciting reason. It is. Um, it is an exciting reason. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Yep. But he, Say he, I got a follow up question to this that has to do with something that's in the news, which is um, there was an article that really pissed me off because I filled up my car <gasps> with gas. This can you morning, say that? I don't think you can. Yeah. I can't say piss me off. I can't say it again. Definitely. Definitely not three times. Okay. okay. So, okay. Okay. I, okay. So I filled up my tank this morning and I tapped my credit card for payment. And uh, I, what I didn't realize is when you tap, it only authorizes up to $100. Now, That's right. typically yes. for a tank of gas, 
$100 is more than enough to fill up your tank of gas. The prices, though, have gotten so outrageously insane that it hit $100 before it finished filling my tank. That pissed me off, and it got me thinking of the story I read in the news yesterday, which was that Tesla has overnight hiked their prices to all their vehicles, citing inflation. But here's the kicker. In Canada, that brings the Model 3 entry price to $61,000. Yeah. Which means it's $1,000 over the threshold required to get any tax incentives. Wow. Now, do you think that was just accidental? I hope I really I really hope that was accidental because that's a pretty big deal. Like that was the reason people were going out and getting the Model 3 because this was the vehicle that you could get and get all the tax breaks and even though it's it's listed at uh you know 61 here you know what I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong about this. Okay. Oh no, Stephen come back. There's a, I I can't, I can't I can't handle this pressure. <laughs> no, shh. no, you'll be fine. I think you're right. I heard that number as well. Okay, so the so the Model Three I'm I'm looking at now. I'm making sure I'm I want this is the problem with the Tesla website. You're never sure what site you're on, so I'm not on the Canadian site. So let me go back to the Canadian site here. Okay, Model Three. I'm not crazy, guys. Thank you. I am not nuts. Model Three entry level price, which by the way is insane when you consider the the exchange rate is not this significant in Canada. Sixty one thousand three hundred eighty for the rear wheel drive entry level Ching. Model Three. So that is $1,380 over the threshold to get any incentives. Now, on the U.S. side, did I really read correctly that that same vehicle is $41,000? So that's $20,000 price difference? That can't be right. That can't be right. I'm seeing different prices all over. What there has been, though, because there was a a price rise last month for the long-range battery models. Uh, they added a thousand dollars, is what I read, and then this month they had across the board between two thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollar price increases. I mean, I, I don't understand. Is it is almost like is this a reaction to the rise in gas prices? Is this could? It seems ill-timed, yeah, exactly. right? It seems ill-timed when it shouldn't be affected by it. Now Elon Musk cites inflation, but I mean. Even right now, if I were to buy this in the U.S. for forty-one nine forty, with the exchange rate, that's still fifty-four thousand Canadian. That's still under that threshold. So why wouldn't they have kept that to like fifty-nine thousand? I, I, I you know what? I don't quite get it at all either. Because the whole raison d'être for Tesla, right, was that EV was for everyone. Let's make EVs a reality. That's that's Elon's thing. And to be honest, I thought we would have seen a price, uh, the price dropping. By now, I know. Look, look, the, the world we're living in right now, every, everything's going up. I sort of get that. That's fine, but when it comes to these, the Model Three, especially, that was meant to be the every man's car, and when it came out, it wasn't. It was the most affordable way in, but it definitely isn't an every man's car, right? And I just think, surely, surely, we should be getting to that point now where it's more affordable. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know what it is. I mean, where's the yeah. other? Where's the competition here? I don't know. Well, I mean, there are, Nissan has the Leaf, which is affordable, uh, and there are other options out there, which is which is fine and great. But Tesla, being that every man's car, that original one, you'd think that they would try to at least you know hit the same same thresholds uh, just to get the incentives at least to bring that down. Because think about this: at sixty one thousand three hundred eighty, you're, you're missing out on fourteen thousand dollars of incentives. At, yeah, at thirteen hundred dollars less, you get fourteen thousand dollars of incentives. There's got to be a way for them to bring that price down just a thousand dollars, just to let yeah. people get in that car for a lot cheaper. It's very, very strange. But here's a question for you, because obviously you don't drive, um, but you rely on on taxis and Ubers and stuff like that. Don't assume. Yes, do, I do. Okay. Yes. Do Do you feel the effects of things like gas prices? Because I know Uber is actually adjusting their pricing, adding a little more because of because of gas prices. So do you feel that at the end of the day in your pocket? Well, you know what? Not as yet, but I'm sure I will. It, it just feels like we're heading into that right now. As, as car owners like yourself, you know, when you're filling up the tank, as you say, you're definitely going to notice it straight away. But for me, as someone who uses taxis and things, I'm not noticing it yet. But as you said, Uber have added, was it 35 cents or something to yeah. 
to a ride and, and um, you know Uber Eats and things like that, delivery services. It is you're going to see it across the board, and we're yeah, seeing I think it's it going to add up, right? It's over in time, just grocery. Yeah, yeah, and just everyday food stuff. You know, when you go into the supermarket, all that transport costs, and it just yeah, it gets passed along. So it's scary times, let alone to do with your energy bills. You know, it's uh, it's worrying times, definitely. Lots of stuff coming up, guys. We're going to talk about. Uh, I mean, Tesla's kind of out of the way. We we saw the Mac Studio benchmarks come out this week. Uh, <gasps> pisses me off even more. Four iOS fifteen point four updates <laughs> four times. Um, I want to talk about hacking, too, because uh, there's really cool stuff going on in the hacking world that isn't bad. Well, I mean, it's not bad for us. It's no. bad for other people. But you know what? I don't care about those other people. So uh, we're, <laughs> we're going we're to deal with that. Uh, it is Double Tap Canada. I am Mark Aflalo with Sean Priest, uh, sitting in the hosting chair this week uh, for um, an ailing Mr. Stephen Scott, who's ailing so badly that he was able to call on FaceTime and, and check in <laughs> on us and make sure that... Uh, I guess we're doing the job properly. Leave us alone. Yeah, leave us alone. Let us do we're this. Doing we, it. We, we can do this. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment here on Double Tap Canada. Stick around, guys. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now back to the show. Welcome back, Marco Flalo and John Priest with you this week. Stephen Scott Ailing, so he says. Yeah, don't believe yeah. it. I don't know why we believe this stuff. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, it's good to shake it up every now and again. You brought back the new intro music. That's that's good enough. That's reason enough. You uh, you know, let's take advantage of this for a second here. Okay, yeah. let's take advantage of Stephen not being exactly. Here. You this and I, it. you and I, you and I are Marvel fans, right? Yes. We love the Marvel movies. We like the Spider-Man. Spider-Man now available, by the way. If you want to go buy that, you didn't see that in theaters. Definitely worth paying the, I think it's $19. You can get that right now. Uh, a week before, because there were a lot of leaks, which is really cool. Did you see Spider-Man? <laughs> no, I have not. Not yet. Oh, you have to. Oh, my God, you have to. It closes that whole trail. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and you're a, Star- you're a Star Wars fan, too, right? Uh, I am of the uh, the, oh. the originals. You know what? As soon as it gets into the politics and too complicated, it's like the Matrix. I just got so confused I didn't know what was going on, and I sort of got that with Star uh, Star Wars. But, yeah, no, I do. Well, have you watched any of the, like, the Disney Plus series, the, 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 the Mandalorian or any of those? Not yet, no. Okay, I think you need to because as a Marvel fan, um, there's um, there's a lot of tie-ins, and I think that you need to watch it just to get some good backstory. But the one that I'm I'm super looking forward to because the trailer was released just last week is this Obi Wan series yes. that's coming to Disney Plus. I don't know what it is about the trailer. It's just so cinematic in the way that it's shot and the and the fact that it's you and McGregor playing Obi-Wan. It's just it makes that tie in back to the movies and I think it's going to be an incredible series. It's only going to be I think 6 episodes, but it just looks so so cinematic in the way it's done. I cannot wait for this. I think they film these things almost as many movies. Oh yeah, but the budget behind it, right? It's absolutely amazing and I'm sure that the cinematography, cinematography, cinematography. I'm sure it's beautiful, like the the latest June was. Um, but I did watch the trailer, Mark, and I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea what was going on. <laughs> there was no AD. I really, I didn't say there. There was an AD version. I could have sworn I saw that one. To be fair, I just looked it up on YouTube. So uh, yeah, I'm sure there is an AD version out there somewhere. But the one I saw, I could have been watching a trailer for Damien Omen. It was just such dramatic, cinematic music. Oh, 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 oh. I had no idea. Don't know what was going on, but it did sound cool. Should I describe a version for you? Well, did anything exciting happen in it? Can you just, you know, cut it down for me? Boil it down? Well, I think I feel I feel like we should watch the trailer together now and I should describe it for you. Okay, have you got AD? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to actually do the AD for you. All oh, right. Okay. We're gonna see if I'm actually cut out to do this or not. I don't know if I am or not. Okay. Hang on a second. Here we got. You see, now we're getting into complicated territory where I got to bring oh, the computer into the mix and sorry, I got to get creative. This is you know, it's a good thing Stephen's not here because cinematography. Cinematography. Oh, okay. So uh, let, let's start this, and I'll, <laughs> I might have to pause because I don't know if my AD could fit into the time here properly. But uh, let's make sure that you can hear this. Uh, okay, we're sending it there. That's good. We'll send it there. Okay, everybody can hopefully hear. So here we go. Opens up. It's like a desert-like field. Clearly, on Tatooine, there's a guy riding some kind of animal in the background. We're in the marketplace in Tatooine, and Ewan McGregor, as Obi-Wan, the fight is, done. is actually walking his camel, looks like. 
We lost. Walking through the desert. Flash of Obi-Wan looking over Luke Skywalker as a child with his aunt and uncle. Uh-huh. Stay hidden. So at this point, Obi-Wan is over, I guess, overwatching a young Luke Skywalker, which is what he's supposed to do after and where this falls in the storyline. Lucasfilm Limited, logo on screen, wipes away. Hey, you're not bad at this. <laughs> the key. Now we see some kind of... To hunting Jedi. Some kind of ship uh, approaching the ocean. I guess clearly Darth Vader is on board this, <laughs> heading towards the Emperor. I'm not good at this, am I? You started off well. <laughs> Streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. So clearly, they're hunting the Jedi in this in this series, and they're looking to try and you know have them pop up. But the Jedi have all dispersed. Not many are still yes. alive, and they're all kind of hiding. But clearly, these uh, these emperor's forces are are searching high and dry to try and find Obi Wan and other Jedi. Someone overlooks a dark the sky. Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Walking through a crowd, trying to identify people. Where is he? Another few enemies with a lightsaber, clearly fighting various Jedi. Hieroglyphics on a wall as they nail down some more Jedi in different places. So clearly we're hunting Jedis here. While Obi-Wan is looking over a young Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. I'm not good at this, am I? Starting May 25th. <laughs> Don't give up your day job. No, that was very good. I tried, guys, okay? And you know what? The fact that... We appreciate it. I know, I know. I'm, the fact that there's no AD well, version is really annoying. Okay. That should be out there now. Of course there should. Now, by the way, Stephen would never have let us play that, so there's one bonus. Um, let me ask you a question. Why are you so excited by this? Because it doesn't actually reveal much, right? No, I mean, but they, these never do reveal much, right? Number one, uh, showing Ewan McGregor in the costume and in that role um, is extremely iconic. It brings you back to... Um, yeah. You know, brings you back to the movies, right? Number two is the music with John Williams clearly composing this, and the uh, the the suspense it builds is very good. The the uh, the video, the the cinema cinematography, as you call cinematography, it, the cinematography is extremely uh, movie like. <laughs> it's not like a traditional series that seems a little less budget, you know, uh, on some of these series that we've seen to date. This really does play out like a movie. It seems like it plays out like a movie. So I feel like, uh, you know, whereas some other ones were really built more like a series where they were individual episodes that could stand on their own. Um, this one seems like it's going to be, you know, six or eight episodes that are going to follow all the way through and be quite interesting. So I look forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's just like a, a full feature film cut into slices, right? And uh, look, let me say this, because Disney Plus are great when it comes to audio description on their content, so I'm absolutely sure this will be audio described. I just want to make that clear. Um, but do you think this will pull a lot of subscribers into the Disney Plus service? Because it's it's so fragmented out there right now. There's so many services. I think it, I think it will. I think that, that if they get that trailer out there in mainstream media, I think people will come to it. I mean, there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there that are, you know, Disney Plus subscribers or people that are holding out. I mean, it, it is getting a little bit intense in terms of the number of of, of services out there. Yeah, um, I had someone reach out to me the other day saying, "Oh, I saw this new uh, this Disney has a new uh, Pixar animation called Big Red or Little Big Red or something like that." And uh, they were trying to figure out where it was because someone was watching it in my house. I'm like, I don't even know. I'm guessing it's on Disney Plus, and <laughs> it could be anywhere. Of course, it was, and they had to go subscribe just to watch that one, you know, that one one film. So it, it's it's quite annoying, uh, to be perfectly honest, but, trying to figure out what's where. Well, actually, that's not. That's not a bad option. You can subscribe just for the month, right? Because when Disney Plus first came out over here in the UK, I did uh, sign up and I just binged. I watched every Marvel movie, you know, the whole entire <laughs> sequence. of. And then them. you canceled? And and then I canceled. I did really? because there was nothing after that that really drew me in. Uh, the Mandalorian was just coming out as well. But I, I wasn't that intrigued by that, although lots of people say it's really good. And I haven't gone back since, but... Um, yeah, I do like Disney Plus, I must say. 
Yeah, no, I think I think it's quite good, and I think the library is continuing to grow with new content, and they're also adding a lot of old historical content here in Canada. They've actually put stars content on there as well. So there's other yep. old shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and and some really old stuff that I haven't even heard of in quite some time, <laughs> which is uh, which is which is fun. So uh, this is our opportunity. See, we'd never get away with talking about this stuff if Stephen was here because he has no interest. He'd be saying. Whatever, guys. Let's talk about Apple. I know, right? And he's proud of the fact he's never seen it. Honestly, gets on my nerves. <laughs> it's just, it's just absolutely rude. Absolutely rude. Okay, you know what? Okay, so let's reset a bit. Let's take a quick break. Again, I like taking breaks. They're fun. Um, we'll reset. We're going to come back. I want to talk about Anonymous and their and their hacking endeavors because uh, they're they're hacking for the good this time, and I think that we're going to hopefully benefit from it. I think. What do you think? We'll see. Say yes. Yes. Yeah, there you go. It is Double Tap Canada. He is uh, Sean Priest. I am Mark Aflalo sitting in for the ailing Stephen Scott. Lots to talk about. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back. If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at ami.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. Welcome back, Double Tap Canada. I am Mark Aflalo sitting in for the ailing Stephen Scott. Are you saying ailing every time now? I like it. It's one of those, you know, once you get a word that you like and it rolls out the tongue quite nicely, why change it? Exactly. Cinemography. I, I, I agree. Don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I'm here every week anyway, so I'm just sitting in this chair and really just pushing the buttons yes. this week as opposed to what Stephen normally does. I find it really difficult. It's really it's really confusing. I don't know how Stephen does this every He's week. He's a it's talented very, very guy. difficult to do both. <laughs> he is so talented. We could not live without him. Uh, so, you know, we talked about hacking before the break, and, and uh, uh, you know, obviously there's good hacks, there's bad hacks. We've got an episode of the TV show all about ransomware in a oh. couple of weeks. That's a fun one to talk about. Right now, as, as we're recording the show, I'm not going to surprise you guys, this is recorded. Uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is addressing U.S. Congress. He did Canadian Parliament uh, the day before today, and now he's addressing Congress. Uh, the reason I bring him up is because Anonymous, the famous hacking group that have been behind some pretty big hacks in the world, um, are, are going full-fledged after Vladimir Putin. They're, they're, they're doing everything they can to destroy any kind of censored internet in Russia. And I find it so entertaining that this group is banding together to just try and get the message out that what's going on overseas is absolutely insane. Yep. And that everything that's coming out of, obviously, official messaging from Russia is just wrong. I don't know if you saw this earlier in the week, but a woman, an editor at one of the news, uh, news agencies, clearly one of the ones controlled by the Russian government, she had this giant sign that said, no war and everything is lies, and she jumped up on screen during a newscast. Wow, yeah. I mean, how brave was My she? God, I'm not I, sure I would have the courage to do that in that regime. To do what she did, it was absolutely amazing. How yeah, and she, I mean, she disappeared off the planet uh, immediately thereafter, but she's going to be okay. That she might, you know, face fifteen to twenty years in prison uh, as a result wow. of it. But I mean, the, the fact that Anonymous is putting out the call to all these hackers and they're just uniting around this cause is—I find it well, that's truly entertaining. And it's you know a, a, one of those examples of of hacking, you know, for good. I think. I mean, I don't think Russia would think It's so. one of those things. When Russia tries to shut down all social media and any sort of outside um, opinion through the internet, I mean, it's just so difficult to censor the internet. Um, I think the usage of VPNs in Russia has gone up something ridiculous, like thousands of percent uh, trying to get around these, these firewalls that Russia has put in. Uh, anonymous, they did, I read they did hack a state TV station and, and, Put out some, yep. um, you know, some footage of the actual things that are going on in Ukraine. So they are having a difference. They did announce officially announce cyber war against Russia, and it's interesting to see. Actually, will that have an effect? I, I don't know, but um, their websites, Russia websites, have been going down and you know defaced. So yeah, I don't know what effect it will and have. They're leaking documents. They found some documents that kind of clearly. Clearly show that there, you know, there there were you know things people being lied to yeah. and 
and stuff like that. They're trying to leak that stuff and all the propaganda. It's really interesting. And, you know, I feel I feel most sorry here, honestly, for for the Russian people who are obviously not behind this war, you know, that are stuck. You know, there's elderly people who, you know, admittedly would 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 pick up a gun and go uh, against their own government if they had the, the physical energy to do so. And they're stuck on the ground yeah. there and unfortunately seem powerless. So I, I feel really bad for the people here. Um, clearly, but you know, this is an interesting point where where hacking is being used for the for the better good. I listen. I'd be curious, you know, from a tech standpoint, I'd love to see the infrastructure required to try and censor an entire country. Can you imagine the manpower and the computing power? Like, clearly, there's a, there is. They want people to have some kind of access to the internet, but their own version of it. Can you imagine what computing power and what physical human power is there? to try and and stop people from seeing the truth that's hard man i don't know i mean i don't know the infrastructure of the internet in russia but i mean how does it work in any country is it just one big fat piper internet backbone into the country in which case you know basically they just stick a big firewall on the end of it i i i honestly don't know but even if you do that then what about uh, mobile and satellite internet and data connections How'd you cover all that? I, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I'd love to see how that works. And I'm I'm kind of like, I understand, you know, yes, there's a couple of pipes that go in with the internet and, and someone has to then distribute that to the people, yeah, right? So there's, sure, you could just you know, block, your kind of carrier level. You could just block so, numbers. So, you know, you could block, I guess, block keywords, I guess, block, yeah. you know, ports and stuff. But clearly people are finding their way around it. And they have been for many, many years and now it's just, as you said, it's gone up. But what was the number? Like it went up a like a hundred and something percent, yeah. or even a couple. Of I think it was percent. a couple of thousand percent. The, the people getting these, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, getting these virtual private networks. So, yeah, you, know, you can get access and and look like you're coming out of somewhere else rather than Russia. So, I'm not sure how effective they are, but um, you know, people. It just shows that people want to be able to get other opinions. They, they don't want to be censored, obviously, and they know they are being. So, yeah, it's very interesting. But, of course, the, there is it works the other way as well. There is evidence of a lot of uh, pro-Russia hackers, you know, going the other way as well. So um, is this the first time we've really seen, you know, sort of cyber warfare to, to this level? I don't know. I think this is, I mean, listen, the, the, thankfully, there has not been another situation that is similar to this in, in, in the past, you know, you know, I mean, 20 years. So we've never seen the tools at which we have our disposal technology wise today uh, being ever, ever being used for something like this, which is kind of, even just mainstream media. I mean, look at, you know, uh, the, uh, SpaceX sending out satellite receivers to people in Ukraine yeah, who couldn't get online. Exactly, like that wasn't a thing twenty years ago. That wasn't a thing ten years ago. You know, think back. The iPhone didn't exist the last time there was a war of this scale. So the access to information was very different. And I think it it works twofold here because number one, as you know, as a global society, as the world, we we have way more information about what's going on. I mean, the fact that the president of the country can address, you know, parliaments in different countries yeah. and really get the word out as to what's going on in there in real time that never would have happened before other than some kind of transcript of what might have happened and who knows how that could have been altered by the time it gets to us so we're seeing real-time action you're seeing people like anderson cooper in ukraine uh which i don't know that takes a lot of kahunas in my in my yep. opinion just going there i know you know it's your job to cover this stuff but you don't have to be there to cover it um especially when you got kids at home and stuff like that i wouldn't run into a war zone um, so I think the way we're seeing not only the reporting on this, but as you said, the the use of cyber warfare just to cut the country off from their banking, uh, close their stock yeah. markets, companies pulling out. Um, it, it's very and every little element of this is very dangerous, right? In terms of no one wants to say they're on Russia's side. No one wants to say they're against Russia. No. China's walking on eggshells because if they do something wrong, that could affect, I mean, imagine all the stuff that we get from China. If there were more sanctions against China, because there are existing sanctions on China, but if there was more that stopped, let's let's use Apple as the example. Yes. I mean, their manufacturing's in Shenzhen, and they're shut down right now because of COVID cases, but imagine there were sanctions that stopped anybody from manufacturing in China. That affects 99% of the things that are in my house. No, you're absolutely you know, right. Flip flip anything. Where is it made? This <laughs> yes. remote control. Made in, look, made in China. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, it's absolutely so true. That, that's dangerous. Well, I mean, it's sort of like what we're reaping now with dependence on, you know, fossil fuels from Europe, uh, from Russia specifically. Yeah. You know, people are now rushing around saying we need to be self-sufficient or, you know, at least help each other out. So, yeah, it's the same thing. Ah, man, like I was saying about the price rises and that, it's just scary times now when you watch the news. It's... Uh, it's worrying, but, you know, you just got to get through it. Hope for the best. Hope for the best. Okay, so last week, uh, Apple announced a whole bunch of fun stuff. The Mac Studio, obviously, we talked all about this. I think you're <laughs> tired of us talking about this computer. But I got to bring it up for a second here. Okay. Why? Well, clearly I'm pissed because I bought a Mac <laughs> Pro two years ago. Just doing it on purpose, and like, five times. The actual benchmarks, okay? So actual benchmarks that have been released. And I, I had this up in front of me moments ago, and it's, of course, you've lost it. But the actual, yeah, the actual Geekbench scores. Did I send it to you? No, I did send it to you. No, I thought I was going to. <laughs> the actual Geekbench scores compare this Mac Studio. So let's remember this tiny little cube, not even a cube. It's almost a cube. Yeah. With Apple's new M1 Ultra chip, against Apple's fastest Intel Xenon processor in the Mac Pro, and it's like three hundred times the power. 300 times the speed, 300 times the benchmarks. That's not fair. That's not, simple as that. I said, I just want to go in a corner and cry. When you mentioned the benchmarks, I said, well, we we said about, you know, your Mac Pro last time, but now it seems like it's official. Now it's real. Now, now it's reality. It's not just Apple's claims. <laughs> this is not mad, though. I mean, they've got to do something on the Mac Pro then pretty soon. They've got to update that. Well, they're going to. I think they're going to. I think we're probably going to. See, you know when we're going to see that? I, I'm like thinking in my head, wondering, oh, when? When do we think we're going to see that? We're going to see that in June. We're going to see that at, at WWDC, which is where the Mac Pro was unveiled yes. for the first time, where the trash can was unveiled, because the developers are the ones that take advantage of this. Although, really, I think the creative types. But what do you think they could possibly do in a Mac Pro? Like they'll, they'll probably keep the form factor. It's a beautiful case. It's nice because you can rack mount it. What are we going to see? Like, you're going to be able to stack M1 Ultra chips all over this thing? I mean, who knows at this point? With that that announcement that you could link the M1 Max together, um, you know, the chips, the system on the on a chip together. I mean, that's that was a huge thing. It was almost like you know this secret feature that was in the M1s all that time, and we didn't know about it. So, uh, hey, you know, maybe they will put four of them together I, I can't see that happening but who knows i don't know where else they could take it because the thing with the mac pro was you know apple put out that press release saying we've listened to you and we know you know we're going back to basics we're going back to you being able to add in your own pci cards and expansion cards and they brought out the lovely mac pro but when it comes to the performance i mean what's left I have no idea how far they could go with this. Unless it is just, you know, you could fill it up to ridiculous amounts of RAM and SSD storage. I don't know. Yeah, but even then, like, I mean, you can do that to the even the Mac Studio now. You can add storage. You can add... I yeah, mean, what's, the, you what's add... the maximum capacity when it comes to RAM? If you wanted to put... Could you put 128, yeah, 256 gig of RAM into a studio? I doubt it. Okay, so Mac Pro. So suddenly you can add as much RAM as you want. You can add an afterburner card that might help with Final Cut Pro even more than it helps. I mean, I guess that computer is just, it's going to be completely out of out of any kind of casual consumer's range, right? That's yeah. got to be, it's going to be aimed towards, I guess, people who are doing heavy animation and need really, really heavy rendering. But even then, I mean, it's gotten to the point where you can do this all now with this little cube. <laughs> so why on earth would you even put, uh, you know, it's just, it blows my mind. That's why I it thought. It blows my mind that, Apple's innovating like this and nobody else is. Yeah, well, on the chip side. Of how things. many times has it been? Oh, yeah, you know, Apple's not innovating anymore, and then they bring this out, and it's yeah. But it almost does. Yeah, people still, people are still out there saying they're not, they're not uh, innovating because they don't care about chips. Yeah, right? you can't say that anymore. I mean, it, it, it's amazing what they've managed to do with this transition from Intel to their own silicon. It's absolutely amazing. But I honestly don't know what they can bring to the table now with the Mac Pro, but. I, I thought that would be it. I thought the studio would kill that off. But they did mention during the event that, hey, something's coming with the Mac Pro, right? So they're they're doing something, and I'll be amazed to see what it is. Well, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that there is something coming. Also this week, Sean, iOS 15.4. Um, this update's been kind of in the making because there's two pretty important features here. Number one is, you know, a face ID with a mask on, which mm. uh, works quite well. I've tested it. It works quite well for me. <laughs> 
Have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it yet. I, I mean, I'm not wearing a mask very often at the moment, I must admit. Um, yeah, give it, give it a couple of weeks, you know, China's not, yeah, not yeah, doing so well. I know, yeah. I don't want to, I'm still carrying it around in my pocket. So, uh, yeah, who knows? But um, it does require, so it, it works with normal glasses. It doesn't work if you wear sunglasses, apparently. No, because it have, puts more focus and more attention on the area around your eyes and your eyes for authentication purposes. And that's the big um, thing. If you are using voiceover and you use Face ID, you know that you have that uh, attention aware feature turned off, so you don't have to look at it. But with this Face ID and mask uh, feature, it will it does look at your eyes. So it does turn that attention back on just for that second and then turn it back off. So you may have difficulties using this one. And it's only compatible with the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 models. It's not even available in the 11. I thought they'd go back to that, but I, I guess there are certain changes in the in the depth sensor or something to that effect in the That's camera weird. system. Yeah, it is kind of weird because I thought it would go back to the 11. I didn't think it would go back any further back beyond that, but I thought the 11 for sure would would include that. But there's got to be something, I guess, that uses, I guess, a different different type of sensor there i have no idea why that would be i mean it's, it's, it's not processing power surely i mean the 11 would be absolutely fine as would the 10 i would have thought but yeah i don't know why but hey it's apple they did it so the iphone 12 upwards it just seems a little bit late for now and i'm hoping it's something we won't need in the future but hey we've got it at last uh, another feature they added was kind of cool was icloud keychain notes now I don't know about you. I know a lot of people use iCloud Keychain to store their passwords for different websites and different apps and different services. And they've added the ability, kind of like other password managers these days, to add different notes to those things. So if you add a username and password, you could say, okay, this is for this. You can add some notes to set up some context for what you're trying to do. So they're really trying to turn it into a full-fledged password manager. I'm curious to see, have you seen it in action on Windows? Because I know that they're trying to make it cross-compatible with Windows as well so that you can use your iCloud keychain across devices. I have had not great success with iCloud on Windows. Why not? Yeah, that, that's what it's missing. I do not use keychain. I use Dropbox passwords because I'm not part of the Apple ecosystem to that extent. You know, I've just got the iPhone. Uh, all my other stuff is Windows or whatever. So it, I need that every platform cross-platform thing and for me dropbox passwords did that i must admit it's i'm seem to be having a few problems with that one at the minute i can't add a new password um i'm not sure if it's an accessibility issue or what so um i haven't had much luck with password managers in general but if keychain was working on windows as a i don't know a chrome extension or a browser extension then absolutely i would move over to that um, anti-stalking AirTags update. That's a kind of a big one to make sure that people don't stick an AirTag in your pocket and you don't know about it and they're, <laughs> and they're tracking you. I don't know. Maybe oh, you want to talk laughing. to that partner over there of yours. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing, but yeah, it's obviously a problem, you know. I, 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 I Actually, a lot has been made of this. I've seen a lot of this in the news, but I think actually well done to Apple for addressing this because, you know, yeah. this isn't the first time we've had Bluetooth trackers available. So this problem has always been there. It's just that since the AirTags and Apple's, you know, put a big spotlight on them, that people are, are sort of looking at this problem. But Apple are responding to that. I haven't seen anyone like uh, like Tracker or Tile in the past do anything to address this issue either. Do you use AirTags at all? Have you used them for anything? No, I, I keep thinking of buying some, but I think, what am I going to use them on? I don't carry a wallet anymore. All the, th the only thing I carry around with me is my iPhone. And I, yeah, I can't think of a use for you, them you, in my situation. Can you, you get away with just carrying your iPhone without carrying a wallet? Oh, yeah, Is absolutely. You, even what about ID? You don't have any ID? You don't need ID? Don't have any ID? I mean, what have I got? I've got my bus pass, which no one takes as ID anyway. I don't have a driving license. All I've got is my debit card, which, you know, I use Apple Pay for yeah, anyway. That works. I've, I've got no reason for it. I've got no money to put in it, so it's all fine. That's interesting. I never, you know, I never really th thought of that perspective. I mean, with my driver's license, there's still no way to put that on your actual device that anybody will. I mean, there accept. are companies that are trying, but nobody's going to accept it. The police won't accept it if they pull me over. Um, I was in a situation on vacation where, so the way it worked on my vacation, because we extended it a couple of days, I did it with points because I had a lot of points. Uh, and because no way I would have stayed if I had to pay cash. So yeah. I, I go to the front. And so we, we there was a period of time where when our first reservation was over, that our new reservation was starting, that the key stopped working. Now, here's the thing. When you when you lose a key, 
you go to the front desk and say, hey, my name is Mark. I'm in this room. I need a new key. And they ask you for a piece of ID. But what happens if you've been at the pool the entire day? Your oh. ID's stuck in the safe upstairs. Yep. You've got nothing. Now, thankfully, in my mind, the way I actually store information, I in my notes, I actually, in my password manager, I keep a copy of my, my driver's license, my passports, my Nexus cards, our Medicare cards, just yeah. to have access to them, right? Yep. So I was able to use it, and they actually used it and accepted it as a form of, of ID because it had a photo of me, and it clearly wasn't doctored. Thankfully, I had that, but I think that we're, we're definitely getting to the point now where we need to have a, a reliable way to keep ID on our device. Uh, but I think the big tech companies, you know, Apple, Google, and everything, they're, they're more than happy to do that, and they want to do that. It's just dragging the legislation in line, isn't it, to like other organizations like law enforcement to accept that sort of uh, digital ID. But, I mean, there's no reason not. The smartphones are so secure now when it comes to you know, fingerprint or face ID. So why not? Yeah, I agree. Okay, you know what? Let's take a quick break. Uh, there's still more to talk about with iOS 15.4. Uh, some other features I want to find. I want to find you guys at home. Have you heard the new Siri voices? I haven't actually played with them yet. I forgot they even existed. So let's uh, let's figure that one out when we come back. It is Double Tap Canada. Mark Aflalo in the hosting chair for Stephen Scott this week. And John Priest, of course, by my side. Who needs Stephen? Stephen who? An ailing Stephen Scott. An ailing Stephen Scott. <laughs> Uh, We will be back in just a moment. Stick around. Miss something on today's show? Search for Double Tap Canada on the podcast platform of your choice and listen anytime. We'll be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. We are back on Double Tap Canada. Mark Flatlow and Sean Priest with you this week. Stephen Scott, ailing at home. Well, I don't know what it is about the word. I love the word, ailing. I ailing like it, Stephen nice. Scott. I don't know. It's cool. I feel important. I feel like I'm using words that are beyond my scope. Dr. Mark. Dr. Mark. Have you, have, you, have you played with the new Siri voice? Do you like the new Siri voice? Have you heard the new Siri voices? I haven't. Can I have. To them together? Yes, please. Have. Yes, I've heard it, but please, if you got it, play it. Well, well, you tell me what excites you about them as I as I try to find. Oh, them. okay. Well, nothing excites me about it except you okay, know, good. as a screen reader user, we love new voices, and fifteen point four does come with one, I believe, one new Siri US voice. Okay, I'm trying to figure out which one. They just call them voice one, two, three, four, five. So five. Let's, let's, let's five. Five is a new one. I well, expect let's so. Go. Let's recap here. Voice number one. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Hmm. Voice yeah. two. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Okay, voice three. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Okay, voice four, which is, I guess, default. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. And ladies and gentlemen, the all-new American Siri voice. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Yeah, I'm not a, not a big fan of that one. Really <laughs> what? nasal. Very nasal. Not not good. <laughs> Instant um, reaction there from Mark. What about British? Are there new Hi, British voices? Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. No. Hmm. Mm. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like oh, me to use. Lovely. Oh, that guy should be called Alfred. I think we should call him <laughs> Alfred. I'm going to use him from now on, I think. No, don't do that. That's weird. Why? I don't know. He's ours. Um... So, <laughs> Wait a second. No, I'm not no. allowed to use it because he's yours? <laughs> no, exactly. That's right. He's British. You use your own. Well, can I go for like South African? I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Oh, that's not bad. Ah, I quite like that, actually. I'm Siri. Choose right. the voice you'd like me to use. Ooh, South Africa. What about Irish? Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Well, that's really that's nice. Not, that's not bad. Hi, I'm going to change. I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Oh, I calm mm. down now. I like Irish. I like Irish I'm woman. Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Anyway, so that's all the voices on uh, on the iPhone. <laughs> so, uh, look, the big thing about this was that it was meant to be a genderless voice, right? You can't tell if it's male or female. And Google. Oh, okay, fine. Google, I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. Google did it a few years ago. I remember the the voices O and P. They wanted to go down this route as well. Um, and and this is all about representation and inclusion. I get it. I get it, but for me, I, I honestly, I don't want my TTS voices to have any sort of background. I don't honestly care. It's whatever voice is pleasing to me. It's it's I, it's a new voice. If you like it, you like it. Uh, 
I, I don't think it's a big deal, to be honest. Okay, fine. Sorry. Whatever. Sorry, wow. I'm just I'm just saying. Well, there's been a lot of reaction to this. You know, a lot of people throwing up their arms and saying, "Oh, why does it matter?" People we don't... just uh, people just find something to complain about and then just go after it. It's just it's quite kind of entertaining to watch what people will react to, what they won't. <laughs> entertaining to a point, and then you just sort of get exasperated with it. I want to yeah. say, fifteen point four for us, accessibility voiceover users, notifications constantly being read twice uh, on your lock screen. Seems to have been fixed. I've had this problem for the longest time. You get a notification and it'll read it and then it'll read it again. Drives me absolutely crazy. And it seems like that has been fixed. There's been some improvements to Braille displace the support as well. Um, not total fixes according to AppleViz. If you go to AppleViz.com, they do have a, a list of, of fixes. And I think there was a new bug introduced as well. Um, but on the whole, it seems like there's been some improvements to any voiceover and braille bugs so it's probably worth doing i like it uh on the ipad there's one update that uh is new specific to the ipad and that is uh you require not only ios 5 15.4 but you need mac os monterey 12.3 and you can use universal control which allows you to use a single cursor and keyboard so one mouse or trackpad and a keyboard across your desktop and your iPad. So if you use your iPad as another screen, or if you use your iPad just as your iPad, you can actually continue scrolling, and in your display settings, you can choose where that location is in in, in relation to your main monitor. And as you bring your cursor, let's say, far to the right, it'll actually go onto your iPad, which is pretty cool. <sighs> However, um, I don't find it working with an older iPad I have, so i got to figure out what the compatibility is on this one because I did upgrade my Mac. I'm looking at it right now. It says my Mac is is 12.3, and the iPad is 15.4, so i got to figure out how that works. It's not working. That. Who uses that configuration? Who uses an iPad as a second display like that? Is that real? Um, is that my, real my world? My son does because he, we're not letting him get a second monitor, so he's he will use it um, uh, as a second monitor. People who are traveling in hotel rooms and stuff like that, as a second an iPad, as a second display, it's pretty good. Not only really? is it pretty good, but you also get touch control. So if there are apps, I've seen this being used on video and audio editing, where they'll bring certain controls to their iPad and keep it next to them so they can actually use the touchscreen element of the iPad to hit certain controls while they're editing. Oh, actually, that is... Think about that. that. Is pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah, that I like pretty that. cool, right? Because there's no such thing as a touchscreen Mac because they refuse to do it. So this is a way to do it. So now the way to use universal control, if you haven't tried this yet, is you go to your display settings in your system preferences, and under the displays there's a universal control button, um, and you have to enable it, and it allows your cursor and keyboard to move between any nearby Mac or iPad. Um, and it says called push through the edge of the display to connect a nearby Mac or iPad. And you can also choose to automatically reconnect. And when you do that, um, it should let you do it. But I'm trying to move my push cursor through. up or Push down. through, Mark. Keep pushing. pushing. through, and it's not really pushing through anything. So, um, again, maybe older iPad, maybe not compatible. Forget so, it. Uh, yeah, clearly not working so well. I'm wondering if you have to enable something on the iPad itself as well. Oh, we'll troubleshoot it after, Mark. It'll be fine. Don't worry no, about it. No, I think it's fun to do this on the air. <laughs> I think it's I mean, extremely exciting. Don't, don't you find this riveting? No. We're not sure how this works with voiceover, uh, universal control, how seamless you can move between the two displays or even between the, the, uh, you know, the keyboard switching over. Um, that needs more testing, apparently. Um, so if anyone has tried it, I'd be really interested to know. I don't have a Mac anymore. I've given up on the Mac, so I can't test this. Not even Mac Mini? You had the Mac Mini with Windows running on it. I did have the Mac Mini. I still have it, but it won't update. Uh, it's stuck on uh, a few OSs ago. It won't update anymore. It's a 2012 or 11 Mac Mini, so I can't get Monterey on this one. I feel like you need a Mac Studio. Oh, well, if you're offering, of course. Oh, let me say this. I have got in front of me a Samsung Galaxy Book Pro 360 laptop. Oh, oh uh, interesting. Yes, well, I've just got it because uh, I'll do a quick plug. Because my latest episode of Sean of the Shed, I do a setting up a Windows computer out of the box with no sighted assistance. And the computer I got to do this with was this Samsung Galaxy Book. And i got to say, right, lovely, amazing. I've got sort of a geek lust for this laptop. It just feels so nice. It's so thin, 
I opened it up, touched the keyboard, and immediately knew I wasn't going to keep this laptop. This wasn't for me. It, it's just, it's amazing what a difference the keyboard makes. You know, it's just so well made, the rest of the laptop. And I'm sure the keyboard's well made, but it's shiny and it's flush. And it's just, ah, oh, trying to find like, the space bar, it was difficult, and your, your hands just sort of slide over it. Your fingertips, it's, it, there's no friction to it. And it's a real shame. It's, so it's they're not just, raised enough for it? The keys aren't raised enough, I guess, to have definition? Well, the, they do, but, I mean, it's things like the space bar. The space, space bar seems to be flush with the, you know, just above the touch uh, touchpad area. It doesn't stick out enough, so I, I, it just makes it difficult to find. And I'm sure aesthetically and visually, I'm sure it looks absolutely stunning. But from a use point of view, ah, it, it's just a keyboard makes all the difference when it comes to a laptop because, you know, that's that's the main thing you're using. Uh, yeah, but I did like the laptop itself. It's just I can't use it. <laughs> and where can people find Sean of the Shed, Sean? Oh, thank you. Yes, you can find it in your favorite podcast app or your smart speaker. Simply look for... AMI Audio Exclusives. Well, you know, thank you so much for being by my mm. side this week. I appreciate you uh, helping me chat for the hour. Thank you. Um, you were great, by the way. I try. I, I, no, I want to were... use the word ailing again. Uh, yeah. I am Mark we'll Flalo sitting in for the ailing Stephen Scott. Thank you guys for being here this week. Uh, we'll be back, back with you next week, Sean. Thank you for being here. Thank you. On this edition of Double Tap Canada. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.